Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Well, sin is everywhere and in everything, isn't it? And the gospel, uh, the, the, sorry, the reading we have from James's book uh, this morning and that we uh, talked about on Sunday for those who, who were here reminds us of the pervasiveness of sin. It's so sad and disappointing, isn't it, when sin even finds its way into the life of the church, but it does so on constant occasion. The story of the monks in the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem uh, is just one example where uh, different monks from different traditions of the church have been fighting over who owns the rooftop for hundreds and hundreds of years. And in 2002, this resulted in a brawl when one monk moved his chair from one part of the roof into the shade to get out of the hot Jerusalem summer sun and ended up moving into the shade on another part, uh, another uh, traditions monk's area. That little movement caused a massive brawl which included the throwing of chairs and iron bars and ended up with 11 monks injured on the roof of this church, the church uh, that's been built over the the burial place of Jesus. It ended up with one monk unconscious, another with a broken arm. Sin is pervasive in our hearts. Even monks at the site of the burial place of Jesus have to battle with sin and conflict. And it was the case too for the people uh, who James wrote to. Back uh, in chapter 3, at the end of, of that chapter, in verses 13 to 18, James outlines there are two kinds of ways to live. There is a, a, a one, and they are both wise. One is the wisdom of earth, wisdom that is not, in fact, wisdom at all, but it is rather, James describes it as bitter, envious, and selfish. And then there is heavenly wisdom, he describes, which is uh, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And then he finishes chapter 3, which uh, uh, leads directly, obviously, into our reading today, saying, Be peacemakers who sow in peace uh, and who reap a harvest of righteousness. He's encouraging us to do that kind of living, to be full of that kind of wisdom that produces peace. But then the very next verse, chapter 4, verse 1, What causes fights and quarrels among you? A people of God full of sin, falling short of the sort of standards and wisdom they ought to have and instead quarrelling and fighting and battling 
over things because they are full of sin, of earthly wisdom, of bitterness, of selfishness, of envy. The people of God have become self-centred. They're so self-centred, we read in verse 3, that they even pray wrong. Verse 3, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. This kind of selfish, bitter infighting uh, is, is just so out of place and yet so common. And James describes it in more detail, doesn't he, in verses 4 and 5. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God? Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? We find ourselves as we enter this season of Lent only too aware of the effects of sin in our world and in our church. But of course, as we contemplate that, as we contemplate these words of James, it's easy, isn't it, for us to bring to mind others. So we read about fights and quarrels and bitterness and selfishness and we think, oh, well, Bob really needs to hear that today because, gosh, he's a selfish soul. But let me read to you what one scholar says as he reflects on these words of James and that are ever so pertinent for us as we begin this season of Lent. It is not only the notorious, most outrageous and insistent demands to have our own way and feed our own needs that make for wars and fightings. It is at root no more than the existence in each of us, a self-centred heart, a controlling spirit and a self-interest. The problem of sin runs deep inside each one of us. Each one of us has problems. Each one of us finds ourselves acting from a self-centred heart, from a controlling spirit at times. Each one of us needs to stop and admit this fact that we are desperate sinners in need of grace. For this is the heart of our faith. We will never understand the joy of Easter that is to come in some 40 days time unless we first stop and consider the horror of sin that lurks inside each one of us. But there is good news. Verse 6. God gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. The first step in dealing with our sin, the first step in seeking to have the heavenly wisdom that makes us wise peacemakers that James talks about at the end of chapter 3 is to admit this fact. 
that our hearts have a tendency to turn and run from God, to become self-focused. We need to admit this, to humble ourselves and to seek his grace. And that's in effect what we'll do, isn't it? Later in this service when we come forward and have the ashes placed on our head, it will be a sign of our humbling of ourselves, of our admitting our fault and of our, our need, our admission of our need for God's grace. When we realise that sin is not just someone else's problem, but our own, and humble ourselves and ask God for his help, it is in that moment that we are enabling God to pour his grace upon us. It is in that moment that he changes our sorrow and grief at sin into laughter and joy at his salvation and grace. God is seeking for each of us today not perfection but a humble reliance on his grace. James rounds out the chapter in verses 13 to 17 with some good advice for us today. He tells us first in verses 13 to 16 that we ought to look towards the future with a great trust in God, that we ought not let our own desires be the thing that shape our future, but instead be our trust in the Lord Jesus, our trust in God's sovereignty And that ought to be the thing that shapes our future and our plans. And then he finishes with these final words, so appropriate on a day like today. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Not only is sin so pervasive, but in fact it can be a lack of action too. When God calls us to do something and we think, I haven't got time, I can't be bothered, maybe I don't really need to do it. That is sin for us. For we know the good we ought to do and we do not do it. Sin is a heart problem. Sin works itself out in an action problem, in slander and bitterness. But it also works itself out in a failure to act. As we come before the Lord today and humble ourselves before him, admit our fallen nature and our need for his grace, let us ask for more grace so that we might go home today and do the things that we know God is calling us to do. Have the hard conversations that we know he wants us to have. Do the good works that we know he wants us to do. For this is what the sinner who receives God's grace does. Walks in confident trust in God's grace to sustain and to empower them to do the good works God has in store for each of us. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you're encouraged by God 
as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church, www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless.